0: God's plans for us are so much bigger and better than anything that we could possibly imagine. Today, we're gonna to learn how to find true happiness by fully surrendering to His plan. Sheila Walsh, Lisa Bevere, Dr. Dee Freeman, Nona Jones, and Onika McClellan are with us. Come on, let's talk about it.
1: So you know jeremiah 29 11 is a verse that is often preached and is often used to encourage people Um, and it says i'm going to read it straight out of the word of god for i know the plans i have for you declares the lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a future and a hope and what's interesting is many of us we we quote that scripture we know it by heart but many of us don't know the context in which it was said. And uh, it was said in the context of time in biblical history when Nebuchadnezzar had essentially carried away uh, children of Israel from Jerusalem into Babylon. And you know, you have this, this group of people. They're considered exiles and they're, they're fearful and they're afraid because everything that they had planned for their life suddenly felt like it was not going to happen. It was an impossibility. It was out of reach. Now they were in a foreign land and God encourages them in the midst of this foreign land. And I want to share with you the very beginning of this in verse four. It says, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses, settle down, plant gardens, eat what they produce, get married, just have a good old time. Now you would think, okay, we're in exile. This is not the time to to get married. This is not the time to plant gardens. This is not the time to celebrate. This is the time for us to figure out how to get back to Jerusalem. But that's when God says, see, I know the plans that I have for you. You don't know the plans that I have for you. Just trust me. And I've had several Babylon experiences in my life. One in particular was uh, after my husband and I got married. I had planned to go to medical school, become a doctor. I was gonna move to New York or Atlanta or some big city and practice medicine. And my husband told me that uh, that wasn't in the plans because he planned to serve his father who had pastored a church in a small town called Gainesville, Florida. And I said to him at the time, I said, there's nothing for me to do in Gainesville. Like literally, there's nothing for me to do. And he said, listen, I just believe that this is where God has called us. And I prayed about it. And I said, well, God, if this is your doing, I'm going to need you to literally make a way out of no way. (laughs) And because I surrendered to what God spoke through my husband, I did not understand it. Um, It definitely redirected my plans. Because I surrendered to that, God literally created positions out of thin air for me. Every job I've ever held was brand new. Every single one. So much so that the job that I'm in right now while living in Gainesville, Florida is based in Menlo Park, California. Wow. But I still live in Gainesville, Florida. (laughs) I mean, our God is the type of God that if we will surrender our plans to him because he knows them and he has called us to do good things, he's not going to harm us. He always proves himself to be faithful. So if you find yourself In a Babylon experience, I'm telling you, you can trust your father because he never calls us into Babylon to die. He always calls us into places to prosper and to live. And so that's that's my encouragement. I'd love to hear from my sisters here any experiences you've had in places of Babylon where you weren't planning on going there, but somehow you lifted up your eyes and there you were. (laughs)
2: look what I'm doing right here with you guys. This was like a Babylonian kind of experience, if you will. I wanted to just do hair and just be a good wife and a good mom. And my husband told me he was going into ministry, but I didn't know that was I was going into ministry as well. Look, I made a vow with God years ago that I would never speak in public, that I would never stand up in front of people and ever do anything like this. It's like he played a trick on me. And now I'm up here speaking to (laughs) millions of people around the world on TBN and sharing the gospel in multiple pulpits. So it's like it, it was something that I never had on my radar. Nothing that I would have ever imagined or dreamt that I would do. But all God requires us to do is what I've learned is just to share our story. Our story being inclusive of being in who He happens to be. And so when I get you know comfortable in that, it's like that's where fulfillment begins to when really fulfillment begin to take place in my life. But I thought he was playing a trick on me or a joke. I'm saying, God, you know the deal. You know, I made a vow. I promised that I would never do that. But he's looking at me like, who did you make that vow to? And (laughs) who did you make that promise with? Because it wasn't with me. And so, you know, we sing these songs, I surrender all, all Mm. to thee, God, I surrender. Like, but do we truly, truly mean that? Mm. Sometimes it's hard giving up, you know, authority over your own life when you're used to making decisions for yourself. But the best decision that I've ever made is to surrender to God and to allow him to lead and direct me wherever he wants me to be. Mm -hmm. And so that's my story and I'm sticking with it. (laughs) (laughs) That is so good. And I, I agree with
3: you, Didi. I mean, I have discovered that sometimes within the very thing you say no to is the greatest desire of your heart. I mean, I, I was like you. I said, God, I will go to India and be a missionary. I will do whatever. Because I was a contemporary Christian musician at the time. And I thought the only thing I don't ever want to do is speak to women. Because <laughs> women can be a little dodgy, you know, they can be mean to each other. And I don't have Tupperware and I don't like flowers. So it's just not going to work. And then I was contacted by Steve Ardeburn and he said, I've started this thing called Women of Faith. You know, would you like to come and be a speaker? And I said, No. And he called back a week later and he said, Um, I really feel this is what you're supposed to be part of this team. And I said, No. And then he said, Would you pray about it? Which is such a low blow, yeah, right?
2: Yeah, that is. So I said, right, hey, right.
3: I'll yeah. pray about it. And I felt so the Lord said, that Yes. In. And yeah since you threw that in and honestly I'll never forget the very first night we're in this arena and I feel literally sick to my stomach because I think I don't have all these inspirational women's talks and I remember standing up on the platform and thinking well here goes nothing and just sharing about how God had brought me through the darkest time in my life and and brought me to a place of of freedom And I thought, this is going to be a disaster. And I'll never forget that night. I stood in line for about three hours, listening to women tell me their stories, Mm. not of where they got their latest haircut or where, where they bought their shoes, listening to where God had met them in the darkness. And it's so funny because out of the thing I dreaded came the purpose of my life. I love Mm. that so much now, because I get it. It's not about me standing up there and coming up with some great talk. It's simply saying, I remember Chuck Swindoll saying to me once, the key to ministry is two words, show up. Mm. And that's what I feel like. I feel like I get to show up and speak of the goodness of God. And the very thing I dreaded became the love of my life.
4: I have a similar story. I... I thought I was going to be a news broadcaster, an entertainment reporter, a news anchor. That's what I studied in school. That's what I did as a newlywed. And I actually went to a women's conference. Many of you have heard of it called Color Conference years ago. And while I was there, I literally felt like clear as day. God interrupt my life changed my plans, asked me to surrender and asked me to join my husband in building the local church. And I didn't have a blueprint for it. I didn't, um, it wasn't like the dream of my heart, something I wrote in a little girl as a little girl, in my journal, like, dear Jesus, I want to lead a local church with my husband. Like I did not have that in my plan, (laughs) but I tell you, even though he interrupted my life and interrupted my dreams of becoming like an entertainment reporter, I wouldn't trade it for the world, even though it did not come in a convenient time. His plans are better and higher and weightier than our plans. And now I look back and I wouldn't change it for the world. I would not change what I've learned what I get to do by just bringing hope, encouragement, inspiration to people. I wouldn't change it for the world, but it wasn't what I planned. And I think God just has a sense of humor of interrupting our plans, but his plans are greater and better. And I think sometimes we hold back or do ourselves a disservice when we can't map it out, because I don't know about you, but I kind of like to know, okay, what's going to happen this step, then this step, and this step. But he's just calling us to be obedient. And once we're obedient, he handles the rest. But I just want to encourage anyone who feels paralyzed by fear this morning or this afternoon or this evening, whenever you find yourself joining joining with us, that don't let fear keep you from stepping into obedience because there's so much more on the other so side good. of your yes than you can even realize.
0: You know, I love that Beautiful. you've all highlighted that this was not the path you sought yourself on. I, I would ditto that a hundred percent, but I want to, I want to underscore something that, uh, Nona said. Nona said that in this season of division, in this season of exile, in this season of what would seem like we were brought out, God is saying, don't decrease. He's saying multiply. Well, everything in our culture is say divide, divide, divide. God says in a season where everybody else is shrinking, my people are supposed to multiply. Jeremiah 29, 11 is one of my very first verses that I felt God breathe on. I was working in an accounting department. I know all of you are saying right there, you know, that was a mistake. I was working in the accounting department as a bookkeeper. I was running a little 10 key at a church and I hated it. I You couldn't leave the room because there's there's mean girls, which I had experienced in my sorority. Then there's Christian mean uh-huh. girls. And so I, if you left to go to the bathroom, whoever went to the bathroom got gossiped about. So whenever I would come home from work, I would like knock my newlywed husband over, just running to the bathroom. I'd like, I can't talk to you. I've got to go to the bathroom. And he said, what is going on? I said, I can't leave. I can't leave. They're all so mean. And, and so he said, Lisa. You know, I don't mean to insult you, but I don't think you're going to end up as a career path as a bookkeeper, or possibly even if you went higher as an accountant, why don't you quit your job? Why don't you quit your job? And I thought about, this is my first ministry job. I don't want to quit my first ministry job. So I took some time and prayed and I said, God, do I stay or do I go? Do I stay or do I go? What's the answer? Do I quit or do I stay? Okay, God, tell me the answer. Tell me the answer. And I had my... Bible in my lap. And I heard Jeremiah 29, 11. And I had on purpose avoided Jeremiah. I was a brand new Christian. I was like, I'm not reading a weeping prophet right now. I'm just going to stay in the New Testament. I didn't even know if there was 29 chapters. So I go to the book after Jeremiah. I was like, okay, there is. And then I open it up and I'm kind of cringing. And God says, I know the plans I have for you. And right there was such a assurance That God had a plan. See, we're living in a time where we're aware of the enemy's scheme, but are you aware of God's plan and that his plan is to multiply you? His plan is to unite us as the body of Christ in a season of hardship. We should be united. We should be a people who are planting vineyards, whatever that looks like in your life beginning to multiply what you have, even if it's just encouragement. So I want to just challenge you out there, if you're like me and you're silly and you're cringing and you're waiting, stay or go, stay or go, remember, you're giving the creator of the, the universe a multiple choice quiz. Perhaps we just need to let him throw it wider and let him say, Lisa, I know the plan I have. It's for good and not to harm. And it's not just for your now. It's for a hope and a future. Well, the powerful,
1: I mean, this this is all powerful. What's so powerful about this this story is God literally says, yeah. I carried you into exile. Yeah, I love that. Right? Like, like you know, yes, Nebuchadnezzar thought that he did it, and thought he gets the credit, but mm-hmm. God is sovereign. And so every every detour, every roadblock, every closed door, every speed bump, everything is strategically placed. In order to direct us to where God wants us to go. And that to, that to me is is such a love um, that it's it's incredible. I mean, I'm you know, I don't have time to tell the whole story, but you know, before I got into the role that I'm in now, God told me to resign from a job that I loved. Wow, a job that I thought I would be in for at least another 20, 25 years. And he spoke to me in prayer one day and he told me, this assignment is over. And I remember thinking, what do you mean this assignment is over? Like, I mean, the, the the board and the CEO had just came to me and asked me if I wanted to be the next CEO. And so I was just like, no, this assignment can't be over because I still have at least another couple decades. But in obeying God, literally the day that I resigned from that job, I got the call out of the blue from the job that I'm in today. I didn't apply for it, but wow. God, see God's kingdom operates on the currency of faith, but faith is not just trusting God. Faith is God being able to trust you. Will you obey when he speaks? And unfortunately, some of us, we say, God, I'll obey you to your point earlier, Onika, if you show me the blueprint, show me the roadmap, show me what's around the corner, and then I'll obey you. And God is like, oh no, I don't operate that way. (laughs) He's faithful, but he doesn't operate that way.
2: So not how it works I always like to say obedience is the covenant connector Mm -hmm. if you won't obey God you will never get to see the fruit of what he promised you right and so it's so important to just just relinquish everything and this is not we're talking about our roles and our positions that we hold right now but what about marrying the guy that You're dating right now. Mm -hmm. Is that the guy for you? Mm -hmm. You know, it's easy for us to say, okay, it's a job. He's called me into ministry and I want to go in ministry. Mm -hmm. But now can I relate this to this guy that I'm, you know, planning to be married Mm to? Is God going to... You know, redirect me here. What are we open to? It's like we open up ourselves to God for certain areas, but not for every area. You know, it's like, okay, don't mess with this part of my life, God, but you can have this part. If you want me to minister, I'll minister, but I'm going to marry this man. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, come on, we're going to have to surrender all of who we happen to be so we can see the fullness of what God established from the very beginning.
3: When my mom... when I was little, my mom, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven was her birth. She had it embroidered. She had it in oil. She had it in everything. And I used to say to her, I would just like to see the plans. If yeah. I could make a few suggestions, then I'll sign off on the plans. <laughs> but I've, I've learned that that is not offered to us, but what is offered? And it's all to do with relationship. Right. The longer we're in relationship with the Lord, the more we can say, you know what, you have a track record with me. And I don't see where I'm going yet, but I know that you do.
1: I want to build on that point, Sheila, because that's such an important point, is we have to spend time in God's presence. We have to spend time in God's Word, because that is the only way we will come to hear and understand God's voice. And I've I've actually had people ask me, because I... God has spoken things that really to most people don't make sense to me, but I hear his voice. And so I obey and they're like, are you sure you're going to do that? And it's always worked out. But the only way that I can hear the voice of God is by spending time with him in his word. It's it's the same thing with human relationships. We won't know whether something is, I don't know if my husband said something that comes to me secondhand, unless I know my husband and that I know he either would or would not say something like that. Um, and so you have to attune your ear to the voice of God by spending time with him. And I think we do have to stop relying on everybody else to interpret God's voice for us, because then we become dependent on other people. And it's like, is this God's will for me? It's To your point, Dr. Didi, that's such a good point. Is this, hus- is this boy, is this man, is this woman um, God's husband for me or God's wife? The question is, is it? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> Just because they make you feel good doesn't mean that they're the one God has called you to. So we have to learn to hear the voice of God.
2: I'm going to read this scripture that you that's here. It says, happy are those whose greatest desire is to do what God requires. You all know this, this is the Beatitudes. God will satisfy them fully. It's like when, I mean, I am happy when I make God's desire, you know, I'm his greatest desire, if you will. He will satisfy me fully. I mean, I don't think people really understand that. Satisfaction mm-hmm. comes from God, mm-hmm. regardless of what He has us doing, or regardless of what we have or we do not have in our lives. It's like total satisfaction comes from Him. This is when you can be happy, when you realize that what I have, it came from Him. Mm-hmm. Right. And I love how you all are now switching up. Well, not switching up, but talking about the roadblocks and the, mm-hmm. the closed doors and how, you know, they could be divine delays Amen. for us. You know, we always think it's if it's a closed door, it's the devil. It's the enemy. We got to a binder. Right, 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 <laughs> right. But, you know, it's like, God, close that door. If that door is about to make me go over top of a cliff, then close that door. I don't want to go through that door. And so I, I love all of what you guys are saying. But again, happy are those whose greatest desire mm-hmm. is to do what God requires. I want to do what God requires me to do in this life.
0: Absolutely. Well, um, I was with a friend yesterday and we were talking about a particular challenge in a current minister's life. And she was saying that she was hearing different things around it. And I said, I remember Pastor Jimmy Evans saying, if the enemy can't stop you, he will push you. And you and I were talking about sometimes there's an acceleration that comes to our lives that is not god's acceleration it is an exhausting acceleration where we get pushed push wow. push and we don't get our source of life from god and then we feel depleted and overwhelmed and then we'll turn to all the things that will disappoint us so i just i want i just want to prompt you right now wow if the enemy can't stop you he will try to push you but the holy spirit will always lead you and his yoke is easy and his burden is light. If you are not experiencing that, you need to hit your knees and find out what's going on. Wow. Yeah, it,
1: it wow. hit me in my heart because it, it was it was a realization that sometimes, yes, God redirects us, but sometimes we actually allow the enemy <laughs> to redirect us because he can accelerate us and we will think that it's a blessing and in reality, it's taking us off course. But to me, this gets back to what I'm hearing everyone say is we have to learn to discern the voice of God because there are times when God will speak something that will take us completely off of the path that was leading us toward our goals and our dreams and our priorities. But the question is, is it God? And we have to pause and we have to give the spirit room to speak to us in such a way that we will be clear about that. Because if we don't, we will find ourselves off in a field somewhere when God has called us to be in the center of the
0: town. So good.
4: I think, too, as we prepare to close it, that's why it's so important to be surrounded in healthy community. Because I know yeah. that if I was getting ahead of myself or not staying teachable, that one of y'all would text me or call me or FaceTime me or show up at my door um, and just reorient me. But I think staying teachable, staying humble, no matter what doors open, no matter, um, sometimes we just get ahead of ourselves, And that's why we need community to surround us, to look out for us and say, you know what? I just want to speak into this situation in your life. And I think sometimes as the Lord opens doors, people start to think that they don't need counsel anymore. Mm. And we never graduate from wisdom. We never graduate from community. We never graduate from needing the voice of wise people who have gone before us to just help us direct our steps.
1: Oh, this is so good. This is so good. You know, if you're watching this and anything that we have shared today has landed at your doorstep because uh, perhaps you're feeling discouraged because your life has been rerouted, or maybe you're in a, a situation or a season where you don't quite know which way to go. We just want to pray with you. We want to pray that uh, God's wisdom, as Onika shared, uh, would rule your decisions. And so let's just have a chance to pray. Wherever you are, just join us. Father God, I pray, Lord, for everyone watching. Uh, we know, Lord, that uh, this this thing called life, it's a journey it's a journey. And my prayer is that it would be a journey that would take us closer to you in every decision that we make. God, we know that worship is not a song. Worship is a lifestyle. It's every decision that we make. And so for those who are feeling confused or uh, discouraged, they don't quite know which way to go. I pray, God, that you would speak so clearly in their mind, in their heart, uh, that they would know which way to take that will draw them closer to the purpose that you have placed within their heart. I also pray for those people, God, who uh, may realize after this conversation that they are not where they should be for one reason or another. I pray that you will make their path straight to get back on the right track, God, so that they will hear your voice, um, and that they will understand what you have called them to do. We pray for your grace and your favor to be upon everyone watching today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.